I'm just waiting for my co-host to arrive. And keeping it simple, low-key tonight. Um, but if you have any topics that you would like us to discuss in the future, definitely drop a line in the comments section. Uh, we want to hear from you. Um, and while we wait for, um, uh, while I wait for my other co-hosts to just get some business out of the way, um, I would like to welcome our listeners to the podcast, our view podcast. I just want to get the housekeeping out of the way while I wait for the rest of my co-hosts to come on. Um, you know, welcome to our podcast, uh, listeners, Facebook listeners i just wanted to mention to you that this podcast is sponsored by perfect piece of the puzzle uh just know that the opinions on this podcast are solely the opinion of the co-host and not of perfect pieces of puzzle not of citywide special education or perfect parent to parent new york state uh tonight podcast topic is a mother's love and we will be featuring one one of our co-hosts ellen she'll be telling her story a little bit um giving us a little background and we wanted to start with somebody that has much more experience with um with going through the process um, of special education prior to where it is and um, and then kind of giving feedback on, on things as it relates currently. Uh, we just have one more co-host to come on in. Um, while we wait, uh, let, let's start to introduce ourselves. Uh, Maria, if you want to introduce yourself. <clears throat> Happy Mother's Day. <laughs> I haven't been able to speak to you ladies so I want to wish you all a happy Mother's Day and happy Mother's Day to all the phenomenal women out there um, my name is Maria Liliano uh, I am a mother of two I'm a parent advocate uh, I have a son who is 11 and um, is on the autism spectrum and I also have a four month old and, uh, and that's it for now. <laughs> uh, Ellen, you next. Introduce yourself. Hello there. Hi, I'm, my name's Ellen McHugh. I, uh, I'm the old lady in the group. Trisha was trying <laughs> to be nice. By saying someone with more experience. <laughs> so, yeah, I guess that's true. I'm the parent of three. My oldest son is deaf. My uh, middle son is a typical middle son. <laughs> and my youngest is, uh, uh, my middle son is 30, is God help us, 40. And my youngest one is 37. Okay. And Gloria, if you can introduce yourself. Hi. Uh, I am Gloria, the mother of three young men. Um, one is typically developing our oldest, and our two youngest happen to be on the spectrum. Um, they are, And our youngest are 
Well, our age ranges are 27, 20, and 19. <clears throat> okay. Thank you, ladies. Appreciate mm-hmm. you for being here on Mother's Day. I want to wish you all a happy Mother's Day. And I hope Likewise. it was relaxing. Um, just, you know, wanted to give our listeners, I guess, a brief background about each of us. And we're starting with Ellen because Ellen has the old Because she's the old lady. Tell her the truth. <laughs> no. They're afraid I'm going to die on the show. <laughs> Never. Never. No. No. To give it more perspective. Perspective, okay? <laughs> More perspective. I can't be first because people just will stop listening after I start speaking, okay? I need you start to come crying. Oh my Which gosh. Perspective? Oh. Which perspective so t- are we looking at? Well, let's just give everybody the purpose of this podcast, and it is to provide a relatable voice for parents of children with disabilities. It's to include information and direct contact with persons at the DOE for support regarding special education-related services in New York State. At, at New York State, yeah. And um, to provide entertainment, as we always do every week, always a good chuckle. So tonight's topic is a mother's love. And we want to hear um, from you, Ellen, really like kind of starting from the beginning about your experiences from diagnoses to the, you know, the education system when you first started um, and, and going about your advocacy from there. That could take the next six years. <laughs> With a short version, a good overview. Short version is, yeah. Um, my son was born in 1977. Um, we've been married five years, and much to the surprise of everybody, um, they just figured we were going to forego children and have dogs. We had two Weimaraners. We, um, Rock was. And he was uh, three weeks post-mature. He was sitting in there way too long. And in no particular order, well, we, uh, I had a, this is kind of graphic, but I had a section. And then in no particular order, his lungs collapsed, his kidneys backed up. His heart stopped and he developed the most excruciating case of eczema I've ever seen in my life. He just oozed green and gold. He was in uh, an ICU for, um, he was in the ICU for three weeks, then he was in a step-down unit, then he was in a typical nursery, and then he came home. Um, He was on phenobarbital for the seizures. Oh, I forgot to mention that there were seizures. And he was on um, a soy, because of the the eczema, it was determined that he couldn't digest the milk enzyme, so he was on a soy formula. Um, Like I said, we had two Weimaraners. Um, They are high-strung dogs. And uh, if a a, a leaf falls from a tree three blocks away, they spend seven minutes barking at it. Just to let you know, they heard it. We uh, we went to a specialist because they thought that there would be a developmental delay. Uh, we kept telling people we didn't think he heard. They kept telling us, well, essentially they'd go, what? <laughs> and they said, no, I don't think he hears. What? Well, um, I don't think he hears. Does he hear the dog barking? No. Well, he probably heard the dog dog barking in utero so he doesn't pay attention to it we went back and forth with people for a while and uh, finally a fellow in St. Francis de Sales School for the Deaf in Brooklyn Mr. Egbert was his name said to me you know Mrs. McHugh we did a test and your son is deaf and I stood up and said hallelujah somebody finally paid attention that's the short version because I find that 
even in this day and age. Their work is 42. <laughs> going to be 43. Even in this day and age, doctors don't pay attention to mothers when mothers say, I think we have an issue. I think there may be a problem. I think he's not developing. She's not developing like her siblings, her cousins. I don't think this is right. And doctors, in the, with the best of intentions, say things like, we are their mother. <laughs> right. Yeah, but they say things like they're their mother. And, you know, that just makes me nuts. I'm not your mother. <laughs> My name is Ellen. There's at least 35 pages of backup there. So ask me, do you want to call me Ellen? Do you want me to call you Mrs. McHugh? Do you want to say, hey? But don't call me mother. Um, Rolf is now, like I said, 42, almost 43. He's married. He's living in uh, Alexandria, Virginia. He's got a house and a mortgage, two dogs, a child, two cars, pays taxes, goes to work, although he's been furloughed the last two weeks. And this was a kid we weren't sure would make it through the first year of his life. He spent a lot of time, religious or not, on your knees, praying and saying, let me get through one day. Let me get one more day. Let let me get one more day under my belt. Let him get one more day under his belt. Let's see how this next week goes. Besides all the other stuff of, you know, having a husband, having a family, you know, other family members. And dealing with, which I think is the more debilitating piece, pity. Ah, uh, what's the matter? Ah, uh, gee, that was a tough time. Ah, uh, wow, you're really coming through. Oh, wow, what a tough way to live. Oh, wow, do you think you'll be all right? <laughs> um, I cried so much that first year that I just took to crying in the shower. Figure I'm going to get wet anyway. So for about a year, maybe even two, I was the cleanest white woman in Brooklyn. <laughs> dry skin, dry skin, a lot of dry skin. I'm paying for it now, but clean as a whistle. No crying. There's no crying. <laughs> it's too late. We're all crying. <laughs> Sorry. I mean, it. Where's Tom? Thanks for me. It's like things haven't clearly <laughs> things haven't changed much. Um, at least not for for my my journey. I, I I don't think or I don't see where things have changed much in terms of bedside manner when it comes to. <laughs> Comes you want to talk care. about bedside manner? <laughs> <laughs> the morning after he was born, the resident, the, the, the obstetrician on staff at the hospital, which I will not mention, comes in and leans over. Now, you're groggy. It was a, it was a section. Somebody split you from gullet to groin. And they've got you full of um, medication. He leans in and says, Mrs. McHugh, yes, I'm Dr. So-and-so. Yes, your son is in big trouble, but I really can't talk to you now. What? <laughs> 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 now you have to remember, you know, I'm no delicate flower. So the next thing I knew, I was out in the middle of the hall with my gown flapping, holding on to the pole with an IV screaming down the hall. If that SOB comes in my room again, I'll shoot him. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure that was the medication, Ellen. Oh, no. <laughs> right. Right. The nurses, were all, the nurses were all around me, clucking, clucking, clucking. And then Mrs. McHugh, Mrs. McHugh. I'm like, consequently, he never came down the hall again. He knew better. <laughs> right. Right. 
so you know that's the issue of a mother's love is she is she crazy or is she <laughs> dangerous <laughs> or all of the above both yes yeah, exactly. all of the above <laughs> So here's my here's my um here's my next question. You know, between then and now, how do you think you would be able to manage life in the current climate we are experiencing? Just a, wow. I, come on, Gloria. <laughs> I don't think that's Maria. I, think... I, I don't think that's, I think that's Maria. You got no. That was me. That was me. That was, that me. was you. Oh, that was me. That was me. Um, <laughs> is that for Ellen or is that for anyone? I mean, because I could jump on it. Jump on well, it. Well, well, jump on it. I mean, it initially is ah. is based on Ellen's experience because is is yeah. older and. Mm -hmm. What her experiences were then, you know. True. Imagine having to deal with <laughs> deal with what we're with the madness we're dealing with now. Well, I'll 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 kind of I'm not that far off from Ellen. Rourke was born in '77. Um, Matthew was born in '92. And when I talk about bedside manner, I think it's one of the reasons I was inspired to try and kind of change the perspective of how um, you allow a doctor to talk to you. Um, I certainly wasn't going to tolerate anyone dismissing my my youth. And, and mind you, I was considered a youth in my, I mean, I was considered older because I had my son at 24 um, in, in cultural, in typically cultural uh, mentality at, seven, at 24, I was old. Um, that being said, um, I had a doctor, Matthew had, my typically developing child had 13 ear infections in 10 months, and which is a lot. And I remember that um, we had, I had this kid who couldn't get like a break. He was on every antibiotic you could imagine. We finally figured out that Seaclor was not something he could drink because he's allergic to sulfur. Um, so kind of glad that that kind of worked out. But he was, it was eating his white blood cells because he was constantly on antibiotics. Um, and I kind of thought, you know, I would call him and he wouldn't respond. And I went to, I took him to four D, different ENTs. And I said to them, without guaranteeing that you'll be the doctor I'm selecting, if you had to look at my son's case file, what would you recommend? And every single one of them said, this kid needs tubes because he had 20% hearing loss at a, at a year. So I was concerned that hearing loss would consider, would, would delay, and, it, and he had 20%, but 20% could delay what he would hear and his speech would be delayed. So we decided to put tubes in his ears and I told his regular primary pediatrician that we were going to put tubes in his ears because, you know, we had 20% hearing loss and he said, he looked at me and said to me, you know, you're literally taking the easy way out. As if my decision was taken, was made lightly. I went to four different um, uh, ENTs. Who takes that lightly? You know, and I said, um, you know, that may be your choice, but you see him for five minutes, you write a script and you send me on my merry way. You're the one, not the one up with fevers of 104, um, the screaming, the kid in pain. I, you're not here. So don't be dismissive of my attitude. And I went home and I tried not to take it too personal, but he called me and said that I was literally putting my son down, like I was putting on down a dog. And I lost it. I said, how dare you? You pack up. I said, you make photocopies of all my son's files. That's it. I've never taken my son back to you. How dare you question my parenting because I'm not 50 years old like your wife who had a kid. You know, and I was furious and I, I decided to find a pediatrician that would respect my perspective, that would listen to me and wouldn't be dismissive of me. And to this day, there are family doctors now. We've been with them for 27 years. 
and I can call my doctors and say, I need this, this, and this. I went to them when my son started showing signs of, you know, something being different. And I couldn't pinpoint what it was, but I kind of knew there was something wrong. And I went to them and they respected my perspective and they gave me, you know, one of my doctors, one of the team is the, went to medical school with my children's neurologist now and love him to death. I'm a creature of habit. I ch- if, I, if you're good, I keep you forever. If you're not good, I kind of discard you right away. I don't wait too long. You know, I kind of amputate the dead tissue. If it doesn't work, you cut it off. And I, I was glad that I made those right choices. But, you know, it's really bedside manner is everything. And you, I teach when I, when I was uh, at Jacoby, I actually had a rotation that I um, worked with uh, a, a first year residents. And bedside manner was important. And I would, you know, tell them, I want you to remember that you're talking to someone's parent. You're talking to someone, to someone who may not speak your language. Don't talk at them, talk to them. You know, it's important to not be dismissive. You may not agree with it, but you should listen to it. That's that person's loved one. And they're going to, they're doing their best considering the circumstances that they don't have a medical degree. And that's important, you know, but I, it, you know, it's still happening today, um, as much as it was in 1977. Um, they're a different breed, and I, I don't know if they feed them that in medical school. That you know, you this is the mentality you have to take, and I think it you you develop a callous side to deal with the what medicine, but you still have to remember that you're dealing with humans. If you don't want to relate to someone, Someone become. I mean, don't get attached. They know the animal, but they're they don't take it personal. You know. But that's my speech. You cannot take Sorry. it personally. <laughs> How could you not take it personally? It's your kid. You're not. No. Well, no. I'm ta- I'm, I'm talking about the, do- the doctors not taking it personal. They don't be. They don't be. Oh. They become disattached. Disattached to people they walk in and walk out of a room as if they're walking into you know a pantry um you know i think it's important to make someone feel for two seconds that they are they have your full attention that your condition that what your perception of that condition feels like and then let's analyze what medicine says and then let's put it together it's not that hard you know but being dismissive means that parents become resentful um, some parents won't even take their kids to a doctor because they feel that they're not being listened to. Um, and I've seen this and it's scary, you know, because by the time they take them to a dentist and, and I'm talking about in the special needs world, um, I, I have, you know, I'm very selective when it comes to dentists who deal with, you know, children and adults with disabilities um, you should just not take them to just any dentist. You should take them to a dentist that that's what their specialty is. Um, they're used to that population. They're sensitive to that population, and they're respectful to that population. Um, at least in my experience, I've had yeah, I've been blessed that way, you know. But that's just not everybody's experience, you know. But I know that I've had people come to me and say, "Hey, you know." They were so horrible to me, and they, the way they treated my kids, I'm, I'm not comfortable taking it. And then they choose not to take them to any doctor, you know, because they think that that's the Maria, are you best. Maria, Maria, touch base. Touch yeah. in. I'm here. I'm here. I'm oh, here. No. I'm here. And you have to take, take charge. As a parent, you got to get even in that avenue. <laughs> come, come through, Maria. <laughs> I'm here. I, I, yeah, come on, sorry, we took I over. Was, no, no, I was, I was, um, I was curious to know your perspective, Trisha, because you brought up the whole bedside manner from your experience. Um, so I thought you were gonna. Oh no! That was I'm, I'm into your story. Nah, I'm a. That's a whole. <laughs> Whole bit of tea. I'm. I'm leaving the floor. For, that's that's yeah, a whole. We're here for, we're here for it. I'm, we should do a whole topic on, on on bedside manner on topic. Right. Bedside. The next topic it'll be bedside manner. 
or the lack of. <laughs> the lack of. Okay. Yeah. Horrible. So, um, my story, my story with my sweet Jackson. Um, I also had a C-section. Um, Jackson was perfect when he was born. He was beautiful. He was a decent weight. Um, I took him home. I was in bad condition because I had like an infection in my C-section incision and I was, I was out for a while. That's a whole nother story. Um, but Jackson was great. He was a sweet baby. Um, he experienced a little bit of eczema, but nothing crazy. He ate a lot. He was very, um, attentive. Um, he giggled. He, he was, he was just a charm. And then, um, And then um, a little after his first birthday, I noticed something was different. I noticed um, that he um, wasn't really making good eye contact anymore. And um, he didn't say mama or or dada anymore and that that surprised me because he was talking early on and doing so many things early on and uh because because um while i was pregnant i had a friend who i worked with whose daughter has a son on the spectrum and i went to this autism speaks walk uh with her i knew uh the signs. So I had him evaluated around uh, 18 months. And um, he was diagnosed on April Fool's Day. I'll never forget it. And It's kind of unbelievable um, when the diagnosis is, is given. It's um, cause then you have everyone around you. Well, I had everyone around me or most people around me, you know, saying, oh, no, he's fine. You know, somebody's cousin, sister's brother's father didn't talk until they were like 35 or you know, this one had this and this one had that. He'll be fine. He'll be fine. Everybody's telling me, you know, he's fine. He doesn't have that. You know, you gotta, you gotta pray so God can heal him. All of these things. Um, and it, uh, it didn't help. It, it didn't help me um, accept what was happening for a while. And then I met someone, I met a um, ABA therapist who was able to demonstrate to me that my son was in there, that he knew what was happening, that he was learning, that, you know, he's just not walking around aimlessly and not absorbing anything. Uh, and, and that was huge. That was a huge turning point for me. Um, and, you know, from then on, my son's had uh, ABA and speech and Occupational and physical therapy his entire life. <clears throat> and um, uh, 
He is such an amazing boy. He's come a really long way. But I'm still scared that I'll make a decision that's wrong for his life. Or not have every, anything, you know, everything in place for me when I'm no longer around. I still have those fears. Um, but I'm just, um, I'm doing the best that I can now. And even when it comes to his school, you know, he's, he's really flourished. He's academically, he's amazing, you know, but what really hurts me is, you know, social, socially and emotionally, you know, he, he, he still operates, you know, kind of like a five-year-old. He still enjoys, you know, he's going to be 12 and he still enjoys, you know, Sesame Street and all the things that, I mean, I also enjoy Sesame Street. I'm not going to even lie. I was going to say, Stephen is 20 and enjoys it, so no problem there. <laughs> but, you know, with things like Elmo and, you know, he, he's still he's into all the kitty cartoons and, you know, this, this is who he is and I have a... We have a long way to go. I've yes, I've had um, some roadblocks when it comes to his education, um, but I've never let up, and so he's been he's gotten every opportunity that he should have he should have, and um, and we'll see we'll see what happens. So that is that's my story, and I'm sorry for crying. <laughs> no, it no clearly wouldn't be a podcast if you didn't cry. So it wouldn't be a good podcast. Okay. <laughs> next week, next week is my turn. <laughs> yeah, next week is your turn. <laughs> you will go. definitely be telling your full story, and we'll be crying all over again. So just get the <laughs> tissue. Why not? You know what? I'm mailing everybody issues at this point. There you go. I mean, look, you know, Jackson. Jackson didn't. I mean, since since that time, like he like he didn't really speak until he was five years old. That's a really long time. That it's like, and when you're a mother at home with a child for that long, for for those many years, it's so lonely because you're constantly having it's sort of you're having conversations with yourself all day long and you're, you're waiting for them to respond or to say something back to you and you know all the therapy was just crazy and trying to get him to give me a sound or something and the push and the pull and the tantrums and the screams and the you know crying my eyes out 24 7 just hoping that you know, something will come out of him, like ha- having dreams of him speaking. And then, you know, one day it was just, he said Apple, and I thought it was the most beautiful thing, the most beautiful word I ever heard in my life. So, um, so that's my story. So I, I, I just... If this could help anyone who's going through this right now, it would be great to just, you know, say, just hang in there. Hang in there. It's worth it. They're all worth it. Okay. I can't do this anymore. You guys got me. Yes, you can. (laughs) I'm a master's mother's day, okay? (laughs) It's cleansing for the soul, girl. Called and cursed the last episode, so hey, why not? <laughs> okay, bald and cursed, and it was all down. Listen, Ellen, look, look, I'm gonna, I'm gonna tattle. Ellen cursed on a, on an actual live meeting, <laughs> a public meeting. <laughs> Thanks, Gloria. <laughs> it was just so cute. She was just like, cute. Cute. <laughs> I haven't been cute in thirty years. You're so cute. I think you're cute. Well, it's not cute. <laughs> it was great. 
It was so, it was such a naturally spontaneous thing for Ellen to do. I loved it. Uh, <laughs> Just trust me under that bus. <laughs> no, no, I'm right there with you. A lot of it. I'm what? always threatening Ellen? to hit people, right, Ellen? Yeah, yes, she does. <laughs> she does. Ellen has to remind me there's no hitting. <laughs> Well, virtually <laughs> these days, you're all right. Just, you know, keep the hands to yourself when we come out of virtual. That's what's hap- That's what's kept me out of an orange jumpsuit lately. Don't worry. <laughs> Trisha, what's your story, Trisha? Yeah, tell us your story, Trish. We don't even have that much time. But I would like <laughs> to thank Ellen. For sharing her story with us today. We're not the oh, really a girl. We still got time. <laughs> no, because I want I want us that to was... get to a to a really good moment. Cause last week was not okay. that spectacular. We didn't end that well, at least not for me last <laughs> week. I, th- I thought it was fantastic. It was a great idea. <laughs> yeah, that it's not one of my my best moments. <laughs> I think I spiraled a little bit after that, and then did I became a. Back? I did bounce back. I did, mm-hmm. and I think that's what's the the now for the then and now. Um, <clears throat> for now, um, if you are listening, last week I spiraled and then imploded by the end of the episode. <laughs> <laughs> but I decided that I was going to take this past week off. And it actually turned out fantastic. It was the best thing I've ever done. And I think the again, this is of of my own opinion based off of what I did, but if you can take a vacation during this whole crisis, a vacation. By all no, it's still staycation. called a vacation. It's called a vacation from the nonsense <clears throat> because I was able to clear my mind and refocus on what was really stressing me out. And it's this whole teletherapy, remote learning, bamboozle, whatever you want to call this <laughs> madness. Because um, I realized the stress level was that it's, unorganized Mm. and not that I'm stickler for organization and OCD and you know I've got my life on track no that's not what I'm saying but we are now in a situation where um the regular school schedule is out the window and we're now asking And it's a big ask of parents that don't have the experience or the know-how to now become all these people. Yes, the teachers are still working. Yes, the therapists are still working. But when you come into this world and a child has multiple lines of services, now one parent has to do these multiple lines of services. It takes a toll on you physically and mentally trying to keep up. And what I realized was that um, there was no organization in his, his services where today we can be doing these sequence of activities for this service, but by the time we get to the next session and later on in the week, it's a whole different sequence of activities. And I'm in my head, I'm like, how does this work? How do you even keep them focused? This is like ADD on steroids. How can you even tell if they're progressing if you're switching to something else? Yeah. It makes you wait. It makes you question if they were actually learning. You know, I didn't want to say nothing, but <laughs> oh, oh, oh. oh, oh god, here we go, here we go. 
listen, that's I, I was thinking that that is this exact thing. I'm like, first of all, if we are if we don't have like okay for and and here's the other thing, how are you benchmarking the success? Because if, if yeah. we're saying um we're going to do we're gonna work on writing and here's what we're gonna work on. We're gonna write the letter L. But we're not that's not consistent for like the next three weeks. We're now we're doing L and F. And he can't even get the, the concept of writing a line across, much less to go up and write a line at the top to make an F. Like he like let's get that line down and across first before you start switching up the letters. Let's work on that. Let's focus on the one thing. Today we're we're working mm-hmm. with I totally get it in in saying that okay, you don't know what a parent has in their home and we're going to use this item, this item, this item. Okay, now we figured out what I got in my house. I got aluminum foil, I got Play-Doh, I got cars. I got a dry erase board. Let's come up with the five things that we're going to work on every session. Mm-hmm. We'll do that for the next three weeks. After three weeks, he masters one thing. We add we add something else or a step up to what we've worked on for the past three weeks. I, mm-hmm. I feel like that's simple enough. You have th- physical it? therapy three times 30. Uh, occupational therapy three times 30. So Three times a week for one, we're doing three different days of sequence of events. And I'm like, this is why the kid don't want to do it. Cause every time, like he can't even master one thing and we like, no, he's all over the place. He don't want to sit and focus. And I'm like, I feel like our population works well with repetition. Give them a sequence mm-hmm. of things, the same thing every time. And once mm-hmm. they strengthen or build upon or, or master one thing, you drop that off and add something else. Mm-hmm. You don't, I, I, I don't, I was, this whole week I was just like, well, it, it almost makes you feel, and this is just me now being, you know, just adding fuel to the fire, um, but like fudging medical records. What? What did they actually did learn when I'm sitting home now and I'm not seeing what you were saying? Is it, you know, it's, if, it's it, if it's repetition. Really go back to the IEPs and be like, what are we um, assessing here? Because what he's doing, he don't even have the attention span for. So what are you mm-hmm. doing in school? What the, you know, this is it's a real eye opener. It's a real eye opener. Um, to well, put it this way, my son has dropped out from the IEP. What'd you say, Maria? It's a real eye opener to seeing what is being implemented that is actually on the IEP, and which is why know, it's so important for people to be involved in the, the creation of the IEP too absolutely. many times. And we've all done it, but too many mm-hmm. times you just take it and say, okay, yeah, 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 I'll read it later. Okay, yes, uh, is it still this, 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 and this? Okay, then um, uh, I'll go on with it when I get some time. As, as tough as it is and as hard as it is, Got to do it. Got to do it. And, and you know what? At the end of the day, they become a history of the child's life. Um, Rook was up here a couple of months ago. And this was before I was cleaning because I was looking to get rid of the COVID-19 10 pounds I put on. <laughs> I, I, was pulling, I, I was pulling apart closets and I pulled out his old, um, I had tons of stuff that I didn't throw away. You know, those those stupid achievement awards and, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, and, uh, best attendee of the day, you know, kind of thing. And in it was his experience books. I don't know if they still keep them, but with black and white notebooks. And every day or 
almost every day. You wrote something in it. You could write a sentence. You could put in a photograph. You could could put in a headline from a newspaper. Uh, you could draw something. It was just every day. It was just stuck things in there. And it would go into school with him and then come back, you know. And I have to admit that there were any number of days where I did three days in a row because I forgotten to do it. But anyway, it was a history of the child. There he was, right there. Uh, books, black and white marble notebooks of him and how he had gone through speech and language therapy, physical therapy, occupational therapy. I'll never forget when they told me they wanted to give him occupational therapy. I looked at him and said, a job? What do you mean, a job now? <laughs> <laughs> right. They had to sit me. No, and no, Ellen, let's sit down and talk this out. Right. But you know, at the same time, there was his there was his life um smack dab in front of me up until I'd say mid <coughs> ju <coughs> junior high school. And uh you know, it ended this is a sad this is a good story. Anyway, anybody who's got a kid getting speech and language therapy knows how hard it is to have medial Ks like truck or final Ss like guess or gas. So I get a telephone call, Miss McHugh, you better come up to school. Right away I know I'm in trouble because before that they would call me Ellen. I was the PTA president, right? You get up there, walk in the door. The principal wants to see you. Oh, okay, let's go. We sit down and the principal says to me, Mrs. McHugh, we had to suspend your son. I said, what did he do? He was in seventh grade. So he was running in the hall. So okay. Now the psychologist comes in, the speech and language therapist is there. At one time, they had an IEP teacher. The teacher of the deaf was there. <clears throat> you know, it's me and 19 people. And... <laughs> I said, too, but that doesn't seem like a lot. Why Why was he running? Well, somebody was chasing him. Well, why were they chasing him? Well, they were chasing him because, because he called the kid an effing asshole. <laughs> and I, was, I looked at him and said, oh, my God, he has a medial K. And they, and they threw me out of the room. They said, this is why your son is saying things like this. <laughs> So, so at, so at the, we never really went back to the experience books after that because that experience taught me a lesson. But it's amazing to look at. I have to admit it. When when faced with the diagnosis, a lot of times you you feel hopeless or helpless or totally inept, and think that there's. That this load, you know, is never going to lift off your chest. And then you look at, I hope people still do it, but you look at it. It's better than a diary. It's better than a photo album. It's better than, it's almost as good as Malamars and chocolate milk, but it's, it's right there. It's your child progressing through and, and when you see where you started and where you are, um, the, the, the idea that education and support and love um, made the difference mm -hmm. is, it's a real eye opener because everybody says things to you like as long as you love them, well, yeah, 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 you're not dealing with them day and night. But then when you see it, right there, written down, it's, uh, it, it gives you, you know, it gives you a lot of pride in, in your son or your daughter, but it gives you a certain sense of self, a certain sense of strength, and a certain sense of honesty. A certain way of love. And it's right there, sitting right in front of you. And, and you don't even know. You don't even know it. Whether the child is nine years old or 43. 
That's very true. Um, mm. We have one comment from Facebook. It's from Connor's Place. And they state, think of it as your child really learning how to hold the pencil and not so much as writing the letters. They are trying different things to teach him how to hold the pencil and strengthen his hold as he can then move on to the letters. Connor's Place, I really wish that was the case. Um, they haven't even... <laughs> They haven't even explained to me how to show him how to hold the pencil properly. And he's a lefty, and I'm a righty. It's a whole hot mess in here. So I, I wish it was, it was that. Um, he, he, I, I totally get the whole Play-Doh and splitting it apart and strengthening his, his thumbs and you know extending his thumbs and all that. I got that part of it. But the, um, yeah, it's too scattered for me. I feel like there needs to be some kind of schedule. Like, okay, this is what we're going to work on. We're going to work on the, um, you know, we're going to do the Play-Doh and ripping the toy out of the Play-Doh. And then we're going to move on to, you know, this is the next step. And then this is the next step. And then we're going to work on the letter L for this week and seeing if he can write, for, you know, draw a line from this dot to this dot to make the, the long line, this dot, this dot, make the short line. Let's work it that way. Same thing with PT. I love my therapist, but we need to get this all in a schedule because it's just, it's too much. It's really too much. And he gets distracted. Yeah, I can't for like things that work for him that keep him focused and at least this way he has I'm going to be set up before the call even happens we're set up for the first thing which would be the bean bag tied around the waist to then we're moving to this next thing and if we're keeping it in sequence I think they'll have a better grasp at having his attention and listen, if they don't, we're going to just be ending the call because I'm not going to torture him either by holding him in place. Uh, oh, uh, all right. We have two more and then we're we're going to wrap this up because we're way beyond. Um, Florence Ferguson says, happy Mother's Day to you all. Thank you for sharing yourselves and your stories uh, so selflessly. That was just a comment. And then Connor's place. Thank you comes back with then you should question what they are doing and ask them to tell you what is their goal tell him what you oh tell them what you're telling me now yeah that is definitely the goal um listen you can't ask what you do not know and i i, I that's kind of my trend uh that i've been going with since i started this whole advocacy bout is that you can't ask questions that you don't know to ask. Um, and I think in this experience, it's bringing up the questions that you didn't even realize you needed to ask in the first place. And as parent advocates, that's kind of what we're learning and growing through. Um, and every, every part of this journey, it's a learning and growing experience. And then we can take what we've learned and share it with others. And that is the whole purpose of this podcast as well, is to share with others what we are experiencing now and getting tips and ideas from our community members, our friends, our families, our extended families. Um, just to wrap it up really quickly, let's end this on a super, super happy note and one great moment for this week. For those of you who've been <laughs> listening for a while... You know the story about the cat stealing my socks. <laughs> yes. <laughs> to get them back? I got them back. So this morning, <laughs> I had toasty warm feet. Good. <laughs> Great. I'm so happy. What are we going to do for next week, though? Because you've got your socks. Well, I'm sure that something will arise. <laughs> Tune in. Tune in next week. She thinks, she thinks better with warm feet. Yeah. <laughs> Don't we all? Great. Don't we all? Great. Uh, Maria. Any joy this week? Yes. 
the joy is is that I finally get to be the fun parent um, with my son Jackson. He will be uh, doing remote learning with his wonderful father during the week, and I will have him and enjoy him on the weekends and do everything that is fun. Co-parenting at its best. Yeah, that is a little role reversal. My happy moment, a little role reversal um, for a much needed break, uh, especially since it's really hard for uh, my son to concentrate when I have the baby and he's crying and needy. Um, so that is my happy moment. That I and and this weekend was the first weekend that I got to have fun with my boy, like real fun, without having to you know, tie him to a chair for remote learning. Just kidding. I don't actually tie my son to a chair. <laughs> Just well, yeah, you know they're listening, girl. F FYI, ACS, I don't really tie my son yeah. to a chair. Just kidding. Yeah, you threatened them last week. <laughs> they, were, they, were com they were documenting your comments. <laughs> no, well, he's I'm not, not here hard. anymore, so. <laughs> great, 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 great. Um, gee. Happy, good, joyful. Um, you know, every day has a good moment um, as well as a bad one. Um, so you bask in those moments that are amazing and you get a box of tissue um, for those moments that are not so great. Um, I think after your frustration passes, it's the sadness of having to correct a child that... Um, may never understand that what he was doing was incorrect. Um, but yeah, every day has a joy. Um, and I've gotten to be the best mom to Stephen, Alex, and Matthew through this journey. Um, I think I learned more about myself. Um, I can look in the mirror. And when I look past the gray and I look past the, the 20, 25 pounds I'm over, what for my height, um, I can still see the amazing woman that has come to be. So I'm thankful for that journey. Trisha? Well, well, you guys all know I had a great week, okay, on vacation. It was fantastic. <laughs> yes. No mm -hmm. stress. I still have all the hairs on my head. I did not pull them out. Um, and we got <laughs> to enjoy, I guess, just enjoy each other. My child was not frustrated by anything other than, um, you know, the TV freezing up from his favorite show. Um, <laughs> and uh, we managed to take a walk on the boardwalk. And mm -hmm. the most amazing thing this kid says to me, he turns, well, we're going. Of course, I still use a stroller because, you know, he doesn't walk but a, a block without getting exhausted. Um, so, and I, I really wanted to walk outside and not have to hold him or carry him for several blocks so we walked about 40 blocks 40 blocks away from my house and then of course having That's to a walk, walk. back it was That's a walk for not coming out coming out my house it was amazing wow. um initially I was like no we're gonna walk 20 blocks and then it turned from 20 I'm 30 blocks and then I'm like hey just walk the 40 blocks and then I was like alright this is too much because I still got to walk back Um, but in the walk going he turns around and says to me peace and quiet mommy and I'm like Ooh. huh like, peace and quiet mommy mm -hmm. and I, I like it blew me away like how does this kid able to verbalize what is happening you know like in that moment that mm -hmm. I mean my head was just so clear and for him to say that it was just a, a wonderful observation from him and for him to be able to verbalize it in that mm -hmm. way mm -hmm. I'm like wow uh, it made me realize like listen if it comes down to it and um this whole teletherapy remote learning did not work. Changes. We will, be yeah. we, will, we will continue with our peace and quiet, mommy. We will definitely go that way because I I can't lose my kid. 
on the strength mm -hmm. of on the strength of what they think is going to work for him in this environment. I'm not, but I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna lose myself and my frustration. I'm not, I'm not doing that. I'm not. You. So for, for this podcast, peace and quiet ladies, peace and quiet gentlemen, peace and quiet listeners. Yes. I really appreciate everyone for listening. Uh, ladies, I love you dearly. Happy, happy, happy Mother's Day. Um, we love you too. We appreciate everyone for listening. Thank you. Um, stay tuned next week. I know Flow Flo Show had a question as to why there is no live instruction. Let's table that for the next podcast, if that's okay. Because <clears throat> mm -hmm. um, I think that's a meaty question that needs its own headline, I guess. Um, but thank you so much to our listeners for listening. Thank you, ladies, for always coming and showing up and showing out. We appreciate it. Um, I appreciate it. I appreciate you. And say good night, everybody. Good night. Good night. Thank you. Good night. Good night.